It is AD huddled up. It is a Wednesday evening. Um, I am Spencer, a.k.a. Mr. Fancy. Great to be with you. I'm joined by my man, Johnny the Dad. What's up, y'all? Man, I hate that we're having to make this video now, but it is yeah. officially the Texans offseason after uh, they lost to the Ravens in the divisional round. Uh, Clem, how you feeling? Are you holding up okay? You know, uh, this video would have been a lot more fun to make a month from now. Um, but all in all, I think I'm in a pretty good spot. You know, we had a great season. We played with house money. We were ahead of schedule. We outkicked our coverage. And, you know, you can't win them all. We came up against a ridiculously strong Ravens team. Um, but hey, you know, we'll get that rematch sometime down the road and hopefully we'll be better prepared. And that's what we're here to talk about. How do we get there? Yes, indeed. So the Texans head into the offseason. Of course, we know they don't own their own first round pick, but they do own the Browns and they have a full you know, arsenal of draft picks. So we'll talk about that down the road. But today's video, we're going to really focus in on what the Texans should do in free agency, specifically in this video, focusing on their pending free agents and which ones that we think we should keep or let walk. There's some big notable contributors to this Texans team that their contracts are up and they're going to have to make a decision on if they're going to bring them back or let them walk. So me and Johnny the dad are going to put on our GM caps and we're going to make decisions for the Texans. Before we get into the pending free agents, let me just run two names by you, Johnny, that I think are potential cap casualties. And we'll, we'll talk about how much we would save and if you would do that for that amount. Uh, first one being wide receiver Robert Woods. Um, sparsely used throughout the season, probably expected a little bit more, but also was probably brought in more so to be a veteran in that wide receiver room and a veteran presence in the locker room. But that being said, Robert Woods does have a $9 million cap hit next year. So cutting him could save you about $4.9 million. So is that enough to get rid of your locker room presence, Clem? I mean, with what we need to address, and I'm thinking that we need to address uh, the wide receiver position in free agency and maybe late in the draft. Um. I, I want that extra four and a half million to play with uh, more than I want Robert Woods. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. I think Robert Woods and it's 4.9. That's basically $5 million. And I think yeah. that's, that's almost half of like what a star running back could get. And we'll talk about running backs in a little bit, but for me, I think that's money that definitely can go uh, to good use. So no, of course we know in the NFL, this, this is just, you know, standard. If they get cut, this is what its salaries would be. But I wouldn't be opposed if Nick Casario could, you know, cook up some kind of restructured deal for Robert Woods to keep him in the locker room. Just the the idea of him being a $9.7 million cap hit, I, I, I'm not on board with that. I think we need to either lower that number or send Robert Woods on his way. Honestly, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a, a dick here, but I'm not even for restructuring. Like, I did, there's so much so so much other things that we need to focus on that even if we're able to restructure and cut that in half where it's just where it would be a two million dollar hit I still mm -hmm. want that two million dollars to use elsewhere so that's, 
That's fair. That's fair. Um, the next one on, is on the other side of the ball. Another guy who was brought in to be kind of like the veteran in the room um, was a leader on defense, but honestly, his play was very wishy-washy and, and kind of inconsistent throughout. And that is Jimmy Ward. Uh, he has a $7.7 million cap hit for the 2024 uh, season. Um, and cutting him could save the Texans $3.7 million in cap space. Now, this is a tricky number for me, Johnny, just because that's about what you would get a replacement at his position for. So how do you feel about Jimmy Ward? So with Jimmy Ward, I feel I, – I am a Jimmy Ward fan. Um, love Jimmy Ward. Um, I think that him and Petrie are, are a strong uh, secondary duo – but I agree he did underachieve this season. He was not as consistent as I would like him to be. Um, I feel like Petrie was definitely the A-side in that conversation. Um, but this is one I would be for restructuring. I want to keep Jimmy Ward. Let's see if we can knock off a little bit of that to make it more appealing to keep him around. Uh, I don't want to lose him. If we do lose him, it's not going to ruin my day by any means. But like you said, who else are we going to get for that price? Like, I just don't see it. I think if we're trying to replace him, all of a sudden we're going to need to spend $10 million, you know, to to have a significant improvement in play at that position. So I'm for restructuring that one. Let's try and penny pinch and save a couple dollars that we can use elsewhere. Um, and if we can't do that, I don't know, maybe we address it in the draft. I, d- I don't know. Yeah. I think for me, the safety position for the Texans is one of their biggest holes on defense. I think they got really good play from their corners all year, but we know how often the Texans were getting beat by big, big plays over the middle and getting burnt deep. And for me, a lot of that falls on the safeties. Uh, there was a little bit of inconsistencies from Derek Stingley and, and Steven Nelson, who we'll talk about a little bit later. But I think safety is a position they can definitely upgrade in. So I, I'm I'm kind of how you felt about Robert Woods. I want all the money um, that Jimmy Ward would provide. I, I want to cut him, get all that we can, because that could go towards getting that replacement player. And I think that Jimmy Ward, for most of last year, he was either hurt or inconsistent. And for me, I need more from you than that. It's not enough for me that, yes, I get it that he is D'Amico Ryan's guy. He followed D'Amico Ryan's from San Francisco to Houston to be that leader on that defense. But uh, I could be wrong. I don't even believe he was wearing the captain's sticker the last time they were, that he was healthy. Um, And even if he is, he, I don't think needs to be that veteran anymore. I think we have established guys that, can wear the captain's uh, badge and and really lead the locker room. So Jimmy Ward, he can, he he's got to go for me. The rest of the contracts, though, really, there's not a whole lot of opportunity for you know any cap casualties. So that's really the one, the two I really yeah. wanted to highlight. I think you convinced me on Jimmy Ward. I'm ready to part ways. <laughs> uh, which, if you told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have been like, no, Jimmy Ward is one of my guys. Yeah, but. I, you know, I was always rooting for him every time he came out of the tunnel. I was hyped. All right, Jimmy, that's my boy. But then when it came down to it, he was getting burned. He was getting burned. So I, you convinced me. I'm okay with it. Yeah. And the ironic thing about all this is Jimmy Ward was like one of the 
the prized free agents that the Texans signed last offseason that everyone was like, all right, okay, we might be a little bit better than people expect us to be because we're signing guys like this. Little did we know that we would be better than people expected, but it had nothing but to do not with Jimmy Ward. Of Jimmy Ward. Not even close. So, all right, let's jump right into it then. And let's start with the biggest name, the biggest contributor that is a pending free agent. And it's going to be a tricky, tricky situation. And that is Jonathan Grenard, the edge rusher, had a career high in sacks this year for the Texans playing opposite edge of Will Anderson, um, Johnny. How are you feeling about Jonathan Grenard? Are we going to keep him? Or are we going to let him walk? I think if we let him walk, it's a travesty. I I think we need Grenard on this team. Grenard, Grenard was one of those guys that was in on just about every tackle, it felt like, the entire season. Uh, he missed a couple games uh, due to injury, um, but when he came back, he didn't miss a step. Grenard is... I don't I just I just can't see that we're going to improve over Grenard and we got to do something to bring him back. He's one of my biggest priorities. Yeah, so I, I might surprise you on this one, but I think I'm actually going to let him walk. And and here's why. Um I I'm with you. I think I I agree with everything you're saying about Jonathan Grenard the player, but here's my problem. To keep him, I'm afraid we're going to have to pay him around $17 million a year because that's about what it looks like guys in his range, you know, guys like Trey Hendrickson with the Bengals making 21 a year, Harold Landry with the Titans, $17.5 million a year, Alex Highsmith with the Steelers, probably similar production as Jonathan Grenard, and he's at $17 million a year. So that's a lot of the cap space that you, you commit to Jonathan Grenard, and it's evaporated immediately. I think, and I, I haven't looked at a whole lot of the pending free agents that are edges, but I think with Will Anderson on the other side, I think if you bring back guys that they had contributing at the end of the season at the edge spot, when Jonathan Ryan was hurt, like Jerry Hughes, Derek Barnett, uh, who looked atrocious in the Baltimore game, but before that, Derek Barnett had been doing pretty decent. He could be brought back for cheap. I think we could patch things up at the other edge spot enough that just that price tag, as good as Grenard is, I don't know that I see a $20 million player. That is pretty pricey. Um, I wasn't thinking he was going to be that much. I was thinking. What's a number that's too high for you? When would you, when would be the number that you would say no, no on Grenard? Um, I think 17 is around that number. Where I feel really comfortable keeping Grenard is in that 13 to 15 range. Um, I think there it's a no-brainer. But, yeah, 17, that's a bit much. Now, I, I'm not going to spoil anything, so when we talk about another player uh, coming up here, we can't let both of them walk. we got to keep one of them. So yes. when, we talk about, uh, when we talk about another player here, I'll let you know based on money which one I would I would make the priority. Yeah, I got you. Just just so you know, just so we can have this in the back of my mind. Some notable edge rushers, there are some good ones that are going to be on the market, but they also are going to be highly sought after. Uh Josh Allen from the Jaguars is probably going to be the highest paid edge rusher. Yeah. Brian Burns of the Panthers also likely is gone. Daniel Hunter from the Vikings. 
And then probably Jonathan Grenard, you'd probably slot in right after that. And then guys like Chase Young, the Niners, who personally I, I think is a jag at this point. I don't think he's very good, but he will probably get paid by someone. But that's the kind of guys but that – if we can get Chase Young for less than 17, I'm down. I think like, so too. Give him a one-year prove-it deal. I could see something like that being cool. Yeah, if we can get Chase Young for on the cheap – then I'm I'm comfortable letting Grenard go. I'm not. I'm not, I'm. I tend to agree with you that uh, Chase Young is closer to being a Jag than he is to being an elite player. But I think he's like a. If this makes any sense, I think he's like a high end Jag. Like, like he's he's at the top of the list of Jags. You know, like you're he's he's <laughs> he's serviceable. He's serviceable. Yeah. You can get your you can get your money's worth out of him. He's uh, he's Jadavion Clowney at this point, is, is what he is. Mm. And Clowney, Clowney is still a serviceable player. So I'm okay with getting rid of Grenard if we can get somebody like Young. Yeah, I, I think I, I think that's kind of where I'm at. I think I, I think I'd rather take a chance, but it's gonna it would hurt because Jonathan Grenard has been one of the few bright spots in all these previous miserable seasons. Jonathan Grenard had always been a player since he was drafted in the mid rounds, but I think he was one. I think he was part of Nick Casario's first draft class as GM, and he has always been a very, very solid player. Just for me, I just don't see. I don't see like generational special. You know what I mean? I don't see twenty million, twenty-one million dollars a year um, with Jonathan Grenard, but we shall see. I would like to keep him too, for what it's worth. I just not maybe for the money is kind of where I get hung up on. Um, moving on to our next one, and this one's going to be a tough one also. It's Dalton Schultz uh, signed a one-year deal from the Dallas Cowboys last offseason. He's back in free agency. I think he did plenty to, you know, it was kind of like a one-year prove-it deal. I think he did enough to prove himself. Is it going to be the Texans that are the team to commit long-term money to him, or does he walk, Johnny? I let him walk. Um, I'm not high on Dalton Schultz. I wanted so much more out. Of, I was excited when we signed him. I was like, okay, that's a solid tight end. He, to me, was, I won't say a non-factor in the passing game. Like, that would be ridiculous to say, but he wasn't as much of a factor as I wanted him to be. Pair that with a couple of drops in playoff games. Mm-hmm. Like, he had a drop in the in the Browns game, which we won that game easily, so that didn't end up mattering. He had a drop in the uh, in the Ravens game that, if he caught it, is a touchdown. Like, and that could have that could have swung that game in a different direction. So, I'm still a little hurt from that. So, I'm okay with letting him walk. Also, not the not a great blocking tight end. Um, not. Bad, but not anything to write home about. Mm-hmm. Not anything you want to drop major money on. And also, I think that Brevin Jordan showed what he can do to, at the tail end of the season. Um, now, I'm not calling Brevin Jordan the next Travis Kelsey by any means, but but I mean, I feel like there's not that much of a skill gap between Brevin Jordan and Dalton Schultz. Brevin, Short, Brevin Jordan's going to be significantly cheaper, so I let, I let Schultz, contract. Yeah, I let Schultz walk. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you there, Clem. I think Dalton Schultz can be replaced and some notable free agents that, you know, uh, Pro Football Focus does have Dalton Schultz as the top uh, available tight end in free agency. There's um, one below him that I like better. Uh, you're talking about Hunter Henry? I am. I don't. Yeah. Now, now I like Hunter Henry better. It, do I want to pay Hunter Henry um, a lot of money? No, I'm just saying that there's other tight ends out there that we can get for cheaper that I think are as good as Dalton Schultz. Yeah, and for the record, I mean, Hunter Henry is like top 10 paid tight end right now. Uh, made $12.5 million uh, last year. So I feel like if you, you back him for something like that, it's probably a bit of an overpay. But at this point, he is on the decline. I don't know if he'll really be able to warrant that much. Um, but here I'm, I'm kind of with you on the fact that like you mentioned Brevin Jordan, but ultimately number seven, CJ Stroud. I, I don't think he needs like a generational talent at the tight end position. I think he just needs someone that he can trust and can develop chemistry with. So yeah, for that reason, I don't want to get too crazy paying someone at that spot when you can kind of get anyone to do that. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I'm out on Schultz and I'm still angry at him for that drop. Yeah, that was bad. That was really bad. And even in the, you mentioned the Browns game, he um, dropped one then. But and even the touchdown he caught, he bobbled it. He like, yeah, yeah, that sketched me out too. I'm with you there. Uh, moving on, the next one, a, a guy who was a very under the radar signing coming into the season, another one year deal. That's going to be a theme for a lot of these guys on the list. A lot of these guys are one year deals that Casario signed off se- last off season and. Um, said prove it to me and a lot of these guys did um now the question comes do you give them long-term money and the running back they chose to back up damian pierce coming into the season was devin singletary and he ended up supplanting damian pierce as the starter by the end of the season clem how you feeling about devin singletary i like devin singletary he's my best friend uh you know i know him personally uh no, I took a picture with him at a fan day. <laughs> but but uh Devin Singletary is he is a tricky one because is he is he a Pro Bowl running back? No, he's not. Um is he serviceable? Absolutely. If you're I'm okay with moving on from Devin Singletary if we have a plan. If we have a plan of some because to me, Damian Pierce is not the plan. Um I don't see I, I was hyped on Damian Pierce last season. This season, he didn't do it for me. He he just looked bad all season. Like so, if we have a plan, uh, whether that's you want to address running back in the draft, get a Blake Corum, get somebody like that. Okay, by all means, let Devin Singletary go. Um, but if you're just like we're going to let Devin Singletary walk. We're going to put the ball in the hands of Damian Pierce and whoever we, uh, you know, whatever late round draft pick or, or low end free agent that we sign being the number two guy. I'm not okay with that because Damian Pierce is not the answer. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I, I am all for re-signing Devin Singletary, but I'm actually not in favor of him remaining the starter. I would want him to be the second back and but because of how good he was down the stretch for the Texans I think he's got to have a role here and I'll tell you this I you mentioned Damian Pierce and I'm with you definitely was a disappointment but 
him being your third running back in a running back room, I feel excellent about that because running backs get hurt all the time. And if it were to happen to where the Texans, you know, let's say they go big fish hunting and they bring in a Saquon Barkley or a Josh Jacobs, right? That guy gets hurt. Next guy up is Devin Singletary. He goes down and you're stuck with guys on your practice squad that were undrafted free agents or Damian Pierce. I think I'd feel real good about Damian Pierce. We've seen him be able to produce in the league. Perhaps it was a, a fluke rookie year, but I think Damian Pierce is a guy that should be on an NFL roster. And I think for the Texans, not only can he be a good third you know, running back in the depth chart, we saw him house a punt, uh, kick return on his second kick return of his career. Let him spend an offseason where he focuses on kick return duties. Maybe something special happens there. So I think Devin Singletary adds to a quality running back room. So I think I'm in favor of keeping him for that reason. Yeah, keep. let's just have a plan. Let's just have a plan for our running backs, okay? Yeah, it's all about creating a dominant offense for CJ Stroud because I don't know how you I don't know how your outlook on the Texans offseason is for me I want to focus on um really on the building the offense because even though the defense has some holes that need to be addressed and I would my top free agent target would be Chris Jones for this team but I say that I trust D'Amico Ryan so much to consistently create a good defense year in and year out that I really want to focus our resources on the offensive side of the ball because I think there's going to start to be turnover there if the Texans really do have something special in C.J. Stroud because we already know Bobby Slowick is getting all, uh, head coaching interviews. His quarterback coach, Gerard Johnson, is going to be getting offensive coordinator interviews. So we could see guys start to come in and get catapulted up for new jobs. So I would like to at least establish some chemistry between some players. So let's get some of these offensive weapons under some long-term contracts. That's kind of how I, I'm viewing these things. So I'm glad that you brought up Chris Jones because I want to comment on that. Chris Jones would be a home run signing uh, for the Texans, depending on what you can sign him for, because that is going to be not cheap. Mm-hmm. But um, before we get to that point, I feel like the Texans uh, management, the front office, we need to decide. I say we like we're in the front office. Uh, but <laughs> Hey, we went to games this year. We paid <laughs> part of salaries. We can say we. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need and you're to a decide. damn season ticket holder. You definitely can say we. Okay, you know what? Yeah, you hype me up. Listen to me, damn it. Uh, no, <laughs> no uh, we need to decide where we're at. Based on what we did this season, we all know we outperformed our expectations. We need to decide, are we in win-now mode, or are we still in a rebuild and we just outperformed? Like Because if we're in win-now mode, go get Chris Jones. If we're in a mode where like we outperformed, let's not get ahead of ourselves, which is, I'm, I'm literally right in the middle. I could hear arguments for both ways. CJ Stroud is that good to me that, you know, me and me and uh, Jet Boyer were having a conversation the other day, and he said, "I think Texans are Super Bowl contenders next year," and I, I can't argue with that. CJ Stroud is that good. I can also see the other argument of like, well, you know, sophomore slump is a thing. You know, we have some key holes that we need to address. 
We just outperformed. We're still in a rebuild. I can see arguments for both ways. The Texans front office needs to pick a lane and commit because you can't sign somebody like Chris Jones and then be like, okay, we're going to sign Chris Jones, but we're still in a rebuild. Okay, then that's a that's a waste. If we're we could have spent that money ten other places for that price. Um, so if we're if you want to win now, commit, sign somebody like Chris Jones. If you want to rebuild, then yes, I trust D'Amico Ryan's to develop what we have and develop young talent coming in. And I'm okay with either just pick a lane and let's stick to it. Yeah, well said. All right, next guy up on our list on the defensive side of things is Steven Nelson, um, a cornerback who has been with the Texans now for two seasons, came from Pittsburgh, and I, I can tell you this. I remember his time in Pittsburgh. He was a burnt toast meme. People were saying, this is a live look at Steven Nelson's coverage, and they literally just posted a picture of a piece of burnt toast. <laughs> with the Texans, though, he has not been a burnt toast meme at all. He's been very, very solid. I wouldn't say world Changing ground shattering, but he's been a but very, he very solid number two wide receiver. Absolutely, you got Stingley shot in year one, and Steven Nelson all year long played very, very consistently. Had a lot of interceptions, I don't remember the exact number. But how are you feeling on Steven Nelson, Clem? I like Steven Nelson. Um, I think that Steven Nelson uh, did show improvement in Houston and has been a solid player. But I think that cornerbacks like Steven Nelson, I won't say they're a dime a dozen, but I will say they're not too hard to come by. You can get a cornerback that can guard a, a number two. Um, you know, there's not a lot of Stingleys out there. There's not a lot of Sauce Gardeners out there, Christian Garcias out there, uh, Jalen Ramseys. Um, there's not a lot of those guys. There's a lot of guys that can guard your number two wide receiver. So let's let Steven Nelson walk and let's spend that money elsewhere. Yeah. I, well said. I, I wouldn't add much to that. I, I agree with you. I'm getting, I'm going to let Steven Nelson walk. I mean, he made four and a half million dollars this year, um, but he's looking in line. Uh, Spot tracks market value has him projected to be in the range of a three year, $30 million deal. That's a bit too much for nah, my taste, especially especially considering you're going to have to pay Stingley in a couple of years anyways. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of bills due next offseason anyways. We won't touch on those too, too much, but there's going to be some guys that are going to have to be paid. And um, Steven Nelson's not someone I would want to commit long-term money for. Now, if he's willing to do another one-year deal, I think I'm on board with that. I'll say that. If he wants to yeah. do like one-year, 10, 11 million, 12 million even, I'm cool with that. But that long-term commitment, even though we know teams can put outs in the contracts, that's going to be what turns me off of Steven Nelson. Moving on to our next one. This is going to be a fun one. I think I know where we stand on this one. I think we're both going to agree on this one. But we got to mention, probably, in a lot of ways, you could argue this is probably the most impactful pending free agent for the Houston Texans. And that is the kicker, Kaimi Fairbairn, uh, who has been underrated and one of the better kickers in the NFL, Clem. <laughs> Are we going to let Kaimi Fairbairn walk? We are not. Fairbairn needs to come back. He missed an extra point in the Browns game. He missed a kick in uh, in the in the Ravens game. I don't think either one of those were game changers. Um, 
but before those, the guy was automatic. And we saw this year when he went out with that heel injury, we were I, I'm, I don't want to drop an F-bomb on this show, but that's what we were. Um, so we saw how much of an impact he made because we tried to bring in Amendola. Amendola was garbage. Never want to see him with the Texans logo anywhere on him ever again. Um, so bring back Fairbairn. Good kickers are hard to come by. You can get an average kicker. You can get subpar kickers, but good kickers are hard to come by. Keep mm-hmm. Fairbairn. I'm 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 all in. Keep Fairbairn. I'm with you. Well said. I wouldn't add anything to that. He's definitely the best kicking free agent available this offseason. Um, although kicking free agency is always kind of funny. Isn't that always the funniest transaction to see? Like, you remember last year, like before the season and the preseason, all the teams were like trading kickers, like Jacksonville traded their kicker, the Saints traded their kicker, everyone was trading kickers. Uh, I just thought that was interesting. So maybe we see something wild like that. But Kyrie Fairbairn, you are a Houston Texan. And that's another guy that has been through just the ringer. He's dating back all the way to the I, the Brock Purdy day. Or I'm sorry, the, Purdy, the Brock Osweiler days, I believe. I, I'm not sure exactly when his tenure I, with the Texans began. I think but you're right. I think he's you're been right. with them for a while. He's been through a lot of garbage Texan teams. Let's let him be able to kick in some high leverage games that mean something. That would be cool. So I'm I'm we're keeping Kyrie Fairbairn. All right, next one. Let's run through. Now he was probably their best linebacker for most of the season. It was a very big surprise to me and how well he played, kind of out of nowhere. Blake Cashman. How are you feeling on Blake Cashman, Clem? Give me the uh, give me the money on Blake Cashman. Uh, let me see. Because on on talent and impact alone, I want to keep him. Uh, I want to keep Blake Cashman, sign him to a long-term deal. Um, but if he's like break the bank guy, then I'm going to start asking, can we get two for the price of one and get two guys to fill this position? Yeah, I'm not seeing any market value projections for him he's probably not too big of a name and that's probably why um i don't even have uh, a market value projection on spot track for um the other linebacker who let's loop him in on this as well um since we're talking linebackers denzel perryman also another linebacker in that group um for me i think i'm gonna i want to talk about these guys together because i think you got to keep one because i think one along with christian harris is a good start for your linebacking core which I do believe could be an area of upgrade for the Texans. The linebacker play was bad at times, and it really showed up how bad it was against the Ravens when they were running it down our throats and Except they weren't spying him properly. Christian Harris definitely is a dog. We know that. We got it. We got us one with him. Um, and then, of course, the young guy who um, we drafted from Bama last year. You can say his last name better than I can. Uh, Toa Toa. Toa Toa. So he's going to be in the mix. Perhaps he takes a, a second-year leap. But I think, I think I'm going to let one of these guys walk because I think this is an area I think I want to see them address in free agency or the draft early. I think they need a premium player at this position to play alongside Christian Harris next season. And I, I'm cool. Whichever Paramount or Cashman want to come back, I would lean Cashman because I think he's going to be a bit cheaper. And I actually think he is a better fit for the, the Texan scheme because – Seeing Denzel Perriman cover people last year was painful. I think Blake Cashman can actually be a good coverage linebacker, though. 
Um, who who's older out of the two? Uh, Perryman is older. Like significantly, or um, I don't think significantly. Oh, it, it don't it, you don't have to look it up. Uh, okay. You know what? Give me. I agree with you. Keep one, let one walk, and give me Cashman. He's younger. Perryman's dealt with injuries way more. Um, Perryman's gonna get you more highlight, real level plays. Um, he's gonna absolutely crack some people. Cashman's the more consistent player, I think. Um, and I do want to see. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned Toa Toa because I do want to see him get a bigger role because I believe in Toa Toa. Um, so with a linebacking core as of right now, if we don't pick anybody else up of Cashman, Toa Toa, and Harris, I'm comfortable with that. I would like to see a more elite player in there. But, you know, if you want to go get a Chris Jones and not address the linebacker position, I'm okay with that too. Well said. I'm with you there. All right. Next one after that, um, George Fant, the tackle, who played very, very well. And I was very surprised by him because he was a late addition at the end of training camp, but he filled in for Titus Howard when he went down for the season-ending uh, injury. He should be back healthy for 2024, but um, George Fant played very, very well when called upon, could be used as a good depth spot, but is he going to command starter dollars from another team? Um, are we letting him walk or are we keeping him? If we can get him for cheap and keep him as a depth chart guy, keep him because he's solid. But he doesn't deserve starter level money. And I want to see, and with uh, Howard being healthy coming back next season, you're not going to start Fant over Howard. Um, and I do, we'll get into, the, I am covering the offensive line for our draft special. Yes, so I have are. a lot to say about this. So I'm not going to spoil that now, but I want to see the Texans invest in the offensive line in the draft. So let Fant walk if he wants too much money. Like, again, like you said, if he's down to do a cheap deal and, you know, be a depth chart guy. Sure, but if not, let him walk. Yeah, totally agree. All right, we got two more names. Um, next one was a, a another surprise and a, another former Dallas Cowboy. Uh, Noah Brown, the wide receiver, had kind of a renaissance. He, he very much developed chemistry with C.J. Stroud um, in the middle of the season. He was the guy that C.J. Stroud seemed to always find open when the play broke down. He scrambled outside of the pocket. Noel Brown just always seemed to have a knack to find open areas of the field and get open. Beyond that, though, Noel Brown doesn't do much for me. So, Clint, is the chemistry with C.J. Stroud enough for you to keep him? No, it's not. I think Noah Brown should thank C.J. Stroud for getting him a contract with another team um, because he did have a renaissance of his career this year. But it's heavily speculated that the Texans are going to target a big wide receiver uh, via free agency. We've heard talks all from halfway through the season about Mike Evans, T Higgins. I'm hearing talks now of AJ Brown. I don't know how realistic that is, but you know, the conversations are out there. Um, there's just not going to be room for Noah Brown. It's not that he's not good enough. 
there's just not going to be room for them. So let them walk. We don't need to we don't need to attach any money to just have guys that we're not going to use. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and the spot track has a market projection of him of three years, 16.8 million, which would be about $5.6 million per year. Keep in mind his salary this past season on a one-year contract was 2.6. It's a bit too rich of a pay raise for me. If he wanted to come in closer to what he was making in 2023, I'm cool with that. Noah Brown has a role as your fourth or fifth wide receiver on the depth chart. I'm cool with that because of the chemistry with CJ Stroud. But all in all, I think it probably comes down to being too rich. And I think I let him walk. Yeah. Also. Noah Brown, just thank CJ Stroud on your way out as you catch your flight to Carolina. <laughs> Carolina, why would you do that to this man? You're sending him to die. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Our last one. And it quite literally is the biggest one. Like literally the biggest man on this list is Sheldon Rankins, the big nose tackle um, who really towards the end of the season really came on as a, a really good pass rusher as well. You know, obviously his role was meant to be the run stuffing defensive tackle, but he was starting to get after the quarterback a lot there at the end came alive down the stretch, um, had a pretty big contract um, in in 2023, he was making 9.7 million. Uh, his market projection is around that though for next year at 9.9, according to Spot Track. Uh, he's in line for three year, 29 million dollars. Does three years, 29 million dollars, is that too rich, or do you let him? Uh, do you keep him for 2024? So this is the player that I was talking about earlier. I think we need to keep either him or Jonathan Grenard. Um, we can't keep both and target high-profile free agents. Um, I would lean more towards Rankins um, in this because I think Rankins, like you said, came in as a run stopper. That's really all we wanted him to do. And he showed us, hold the phone, I can do a lot more. Um, also there were, there have been some injuries in Rankin's career, I believe. Um, but not as much as Grenard. Um, so, so if we're going to pay one of them, give me Rankin's over Grenard, but Mm. it's not going to hurt my feelings either way. It would hurt my feelings if we let them both walk. Yeah. I think that's something you can't do. I think they're, there's something to be said about building chemistry with your your fellow linemen. I think when you're in the trenches, you gotta you gotta be able to buckle down and know that the guy next to you's got your back, right? Uh, but I'm with you. I think Sheldon Rankins, again, knowing that his his market value probably isn't gonna get much higher than what he made last year, and he was very much worth it. He was productive. He just shouldn't be your best interior defensive line, and that is what I would say is the Texans' biggest need in free agency is the interior defensive line. That's why Chris Jones is just would be such a godsend. He's the best interior defensive lineman available. And that is the Texans biggest need in my eyes. So for me, it's a match made in heaven, but Sheldon Rankins can be on this line too, because they run that four, three. Um, so we need guys that can rotate it out because the, for the big boys. And we know D'Amico Ryan's also does like to rotate his defensive lineman out quite a bit. So, I'm all on board with keeping Sheldon ranking. So 
so tell me if you think this would be realistic or doable, right? Okay. We let Grenard walk, sign Rankins, then sign Chris Jones, which and sign Chase Young. Mm. So that would make our line Will Anderson, Sheldon Rankins, Chris Jones, and Chase Young. Is there a better defensive line in the league than that? That is going to be definitely in the conversation for one of the better defensive line units in the league. I, I probably don't put them immediately over um, the 49ers or, you know, a team like but they're getting the, close. the Browns. Yeah, they're getting close and they're moving in the right direction, especially if Will Anderson continues to develop. He he big offseason ahead for Will Anderson for what that's worth. I think he showed so many flashes during his rookie year, but there's also plenty of things he needs to work on. I think he needs to get in his bag a little bit more, come up with some more pass rush moves because um, the, the the freak athleticism and talent's there, but just need to take that next level. But that's what this offseason is going to be all I'd about. I'd like to see him put a little bit of size on too, um, personally. Yeah. Um, but not at the expense of his speed. So it's like, you know, the, it, it's a little, it's a little risky when you start playing that game, but definitely add some more moves to your arsenal. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I think us talking about this on, on this free agency show is important because I think ultimately the biggest free agent acquisition that the Texans can get is just going to be internal growth. These young guys continuing to develop and improve at what they do and get better with each other, gel, create that synergy, and um, build that culture around uh, D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud that they've really seemed to light a fire under this team. I'm so excited that we are looking at a contending team potentially in 2024, Johnny. I, I'm excited too. It's never been, even after the loss, it's a good time to be a Texans fan. And it's been, when's the last time, when's the last season you were able to say that? Man, at 2019, even then, that didn't feel as 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 fun. Like the the 24-0 quarter when we were up 24 nothing at the end of the first quarter, or or whenever it was early in the second quarter, whenever it was when the things came crashing down. We went from having like the best quarter in franchise history to the worst three quarters in franchise history, just back to back. That was crazy. So. Since then, it's been a whole lot of nothing. So it is nice to once again have hope. But for the Texans to remain hopeful about their future, they're going to have to make some tough decisions on some of these guys. So we took our best crack at it. I know Nick Casario is going to be the man to be the one to make these decisions. So let and that we boy know Nick cook. We know he's watching. You know he. Yeah. He 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 calls us up from time to time. Yeah, it's it, going straight you know. to his email because remember we we run the team. We run yes the team. yes for the fans by the fans. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> All righty. Well, that wraps up this off season preview show. We'll come at you with some more off season content before free agency, before the draft. Keep it tuned here at Athletically Declined Sports. For Johnny the Dad, I am Spencer, aka Mister Fantasy. We will see you next time.